0: Ball lie. Lie. That ball don't lie.
1: That ball not What's good everyone? Ball Don't Lie Australia. Episode 49, one away from the big 5-0. Shout out, Zebo. number 50 from the Memphis Grizzlies. That number will never be worn again, Mel, in the FedEx Forum. Never. Nope, nothing you say will change that. It's retired, mate. That means... Okay, no. so no team could ever
2: come in there and have a player wear the number 50.
1: Nope. No one. Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't, right, old not I don't know if you saw it. It was pretty cool. It was done up in like a, you know, it's not his actual jersey in the rafter. It's his number on like a, a vinyl record to, you know, showcase the city's history with music there. Um, so it was pretty cool. Something different.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Cool story, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, shout out to Zebo and anyone else that actually likes basketball out there.
2: Did he, um, did win a chip for the Grizzlies. Is that why his numbers?
1: No, he dragged them out of irrelevance into the conference finals, though. So you know, we'll we'll take that. We'll take when that. when did he drag them out of irrelevance? When they made the conference finals.
2: Oh, and then dragged them straight back to it.
1: No, okay. no, no, no. That was anyway. Anyway, that's another pod for another day. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's I, not I get there, it. The, hole. the Grizzlies suck. Blah blah blah. Heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) All right. Coming up on the show, for anyone still listening, thank you. Um, And apologies for my co-host. This week, we're going through round two of the NBL and the WNBL. Some big scores, some big games, and some even bigger sad news coming out of all the WNBL in particular. We're going to have a pick and roll segment. Maybe It's back. Oh. NBA, go through the headlines, won't uh, deep dive through everything, but Mal will pick and choose what he likes there. And, of course, the lovely Jackie Dover, superstar, referee, NBL, cross, NBA, soon to be. She's going to be stopping by, to have a yarn. It's going to be a lot of fun now. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, and I was actually... We we actually recorded this you know a week and a half ago just before the um, the bullets uh, Jack jumper's first game, and I remember watching the game afterwards thinking like there was just a few things like she said that I you know really liked and and then of course there was other referees who did some other things towards the game which kind of ruined it for mm. the bullets, <laughs> but she wasn't a part of that so you know can't can't blame her for that she was you know. She sounded very, very level-headed in the way she spoke to, um, well, basically everyone you sort of, everyone you could hear on the broadcast anyway. So it was really great to get her insight and, 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 you know, her way of thinking on certain things, which is really cool.
1: Big show ahead. Uh, if you haven't already, folks, just remember to, to like and follow on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, we really appreciate the follows that we get on there. and it, it keeps us going, uh, knowing that you're all out there enjoying the content. So um, if you could at least do that for us, really appreciate that. Send us a, a DM whenever you like questions or any content you'd like us to share on the show. But can hear the, the jingle bells, singing now. Christmas is just around the corner. You've got a nice little, well I guess it's the size of a stocking filler, but given the content... And, and the person I can see on it, it's, it's way more important than that.
2: Oh, it is. It is. I was actually in Big W today.
1: Um, uh, unnamed department store now. Fine. Unless they want to sponsor us.
2: Okay. Other shops to buy your stuff are available. <laughs> uh, I stumbled across this book and had to buy it. Could not leave it there. It's the Paddy Mills Championship Collection of His Game Day Stories.
1: Now, future PM Paddy Mills. Yes, exactly. He's also a current PM. Well, you know, winner of the Don <laughs> Award. <Mick> uh, <laughs> pointed out. <laughs> PM, yeah. PM.
2: Yes. Um, look, this book, it's actually got three books inside it. Um, three whole stories. The whole book was $9. Uh, if you can't, as a basketball fan, get out and support Paddy, who literally <clears throat> puts his hand into his own pocket... For so many Australian basketball and community events, like it's nine bucks, guys. literally get out there. You could go to a local bookstore, pay a bit more if you like. You know, doesn't really matter as long as you're supporting. Uh, you know, as long as you're supporting Paddy, go for it.
1: Don't really care where you buy it. Any unnamed store that doesn't sponsor the show.
2: As long as they sell books, mate. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it, it's a great little, like you say, stock, stocking stuffer. But it will literally help, you know, Paddy Mills, who literally helps, you know, Australian basketball and other communities, you know, across Australia. Um,
1: what sort uh, of age group is it tailored to? Do you recommend? Uh, well, it actually talks primary about. i a school teacher, you should know.
2: Yeah, look, probably sort of, you know, that tween. Um, you know, it, it's probably not an adult book unless you're a poor reader, like. Possibly some of our listeners are. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I, I was, do not condone that.
2: <laughs> I was actually more having a shot at uh, my my family.
1: Oh, do <laughs> my you want a shovel, there. Mal, or you good just digging I, over there? I can name
2: names if you like. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Yikes. I think you're all wonderful. <laughs> is, guys. Don't listen to Mal. Look, He's a bit of a Grinch over here. Uh, a little bit.
2: Uh, look, it, you know, it's, it's not a book that's written for adults. It's written for the you know tween, a little bit younger readers, but it's Australian basketball by an Australian basketball. Oh, let's call him champion.
1: Let's mm, call him champ. Icon, goat. Yep. They're the things that spring to my mind. but.
2: Yep. Well, for me, he's a basketball champion. Doesn't matter if he's got a chip or
1: not. He already does, but... Champion yeah. is objective, I guess.
2: Uh, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, what you got over there?
1: Nothing. (laughs) Okay,
2: so get out and support Paddy Mills.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Mel, let's uh, jump straight into our NBL round two. Obviously, there's one game. It was the very last game that I assume a lot of our listeners are really pumped for us to get to. Mm. So let's leave that to last, where it belongs, chronologically. Let's do it. Best to last. Yep. Let's uh, go through the round now. Look, you know, we won't spend forever on all these games. We'll try and go through all the games, touch on a few highlights, what were some of the big standouts, and we'll see how we go with that. Uh, But first up, this was actually a good game as well. Uh, This was Adelaide taking down Tasmania 83-80. to And we shared on our socials of, like, we tried telling you, then we tried telling you again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: now you're going to believe us. <laughs> Mr. Hannes is not to be messed with. There's been a bit of chirp towards the end of the blitz, the start of the you know, the round one games of, oh, is he going to cut it in our game, blah, blah, blah. Yep, he's all good. Totally fine. Uh, took over this at the end of the fourth, hit a big three with the shot clock winding down. Who's sort of off balance. Didn't matter. L- nice little midi. Next possession, just to seal the game, really, for Adelaide there. And, and, look, we'll get to his his performance against the Breakers a bit later. Um, but Mal Dusty Hunters, he's arrived. He's showing us exactly what he can do. He takes over when it matters most.
2: Yeah. It's it's hard not to agree. Like, he was very strong I in know. this game. Jeez, righto uh very strong in this game and you know help get the w so uh look jack Jumpers couldn't get it done in this one uh still still really hoping for a you know a, a big magnate performance
1: um so's my fantasy team mhm mhm mhm
2: mm-hmm. uh 3 points 3 rebounds 1 assist 1 steal uh, yeah yeah but, look, you know, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, fingers we had crossed. Mitch McCarron getting every single stat possible yet again. <laughs> I mean, fantasy owners must be loving that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, shout, shout out to our guy, you know, OG listener Jared down in Adelaide. You uh, know, he listens to most shows or every show, I would assume. And uh, hope Jared, I hope you're enjoying watching this team because 36 Look, they're going to be a little bit up and down in my opinion, but they're legit. They're going to be around there at the end.
2: (laughs) Around there.
1: (laughs) Well, look, they're not going to be out of the the finals picture in my opinion. But look, from the Tasmania side of things, the Josh backcourt, they're just just so inconsistent (laughs) with their scoring. They're just both red hot or they're both ice cold. They were 7-24 combined in this one. The team really lent on uh, captain Clint Steindl, twenty-two points off the bench. We've seen this with Clint in the past, and and look, you'll see it again. Maybe not this week, but you will see it again. When when Clint gets hot, he's just very hard to stop. He's so long and wiry, and you know it's hard to contest him. And when he's feeling himself, it's it's just hard to you know get a stop on him. So. That was a bit of a bright spark for Tassie. They, they hung around in this game, but in the end, Dusty in the 36 has got it done. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, pretty uh, much. So the next game, another uh, team that made the headlines this week, not from this oh. game though. Oh. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix defeated the New Zealand Breakers 95 to 88. So the Breakers, I mean, Mel, coming into this one, we sort of, th- well, I certainly projected that the breakers would get the brakes speed off them in this one. And they, they looked tough.
2: Yeah, they, uh, they they were surprisingly good. I was expecting the same. They they had some injuries there with Abercrombie and Martin both out. Um, and they still stuck with Phoenix enough to make you think, ah, look, that, were, uh, you know. They're in this, they're in this. No, nope, they got beaten at the end. Okay, all good. But for a team that's missing you know, a couple of big pieces, that's totally fine. Like,
1: Yeah, and they had Peyton Seaver, their import point guard. He, he went down, uh, I believe, in the first half of this one it was, and he's slated to miss quite a while uh, with a hamstring injury. But Brizzy Willie, Will McDowell-White, he stuck in there. He, he got the job done, flirted with a the double-double there. That's had some big games from from Besson, Delaney, and Wetzel. And, and they really hung around, and they pushed the Phoenix, which I honestly didn't see them doing that, especially when Seaver went down. Uh, but oh, Mitch Creek, he's going to make headlines in both their games this weekend. Uh, one you know about already, but in this one, which not a lot of people spoke about, he had 36 points, mm-hmm. 3-6 on 60% from the field. He was virtually unplayable and the breakers despite their fairly strong defense out on the perimeter, they just had no answer. Mm. Yeah. Uh
2: unfortunately it's a classic Mitch Creek going off game that was then you know overlooked for whatever reasons. Um but yeah, he played amazingly. Uh, shot sixty percent off thirty six points. I mean Wowzers.
1: Wowes. Right. For for our next game, Mal. Mm. I've got another nickname I'm gonna float by here. Oh god. Kind of I alliter- mean oh, alliteration, yay. alliteration of sorts.
2: Yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone.
1: Rose Gold Wreath.
0: <laughs> Doesn't that just sound
1: cool? Rose Gold Wreath dominates as the Hawks take down the very short handed Sydney Kings ninety-two to eighty-four. Mr. Duop had twenty-seven and seven. He hit three th- out of four three-pointers as well. He's just giving it to you however you want it. Uh, Antonius Cleveland, uh, we heard his name mentioned on a popular podcast over in America this week. But anyway, that's that's a boring story. He had nineteen cool and seven story, with five steals, mm. and you know I slated. Tyler Harvey to be the guy on this team, and I still think at times he's going to be, but Cleveland's sort of putting his name in the hat and, of course, Wreath with a performance like this as well. Uh, what did you take away from the game, Mel?
2: Uh, look, my biggest takeaway was the 11 steals from Illawarra. Like, mm. uh, that's that's a big... 11 to 3. Um, sorry, 11 to 4. Um, but... And that's, if you break that down, that's literally, you know, that's roughly points-wise if they scored on, you know, almost all those possessions, that was the game. So literally that's your difference. Um, Again, you know, Kings, just like the Breakers, were beat up. They had four of their seven sort of major guys not in this one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, look, they stuck in it um, for quite a while. So... They couldn't get it done, but they stuck around considering the injuries. That's not so bad.
1: Yeah, and look, Glover, he was having a really good game in this one and then decided he was going to step over a player and all hell broke loose uh, for what we thought would be the first and only time this, this weekend. But, you know, Sam Froling took offence to that, Didn't didn't really like it, and mm. look... <laughs> Who does want to be stepped over or see their teammate be stepped over, I mean no one's <laughs> going to stand for that That's there's a difference between staring a player down and stepping over a player there's big difference there and I can tell you now, if someone ever tried to step over me oh, they'd be uh, <laughs> a bit sore in the nether regions, I can tell you that much <laughs> right I not, not that I play in a league where that would be a thing that would happen because no one in my league is able to jump over a phone book let alone dunk on me so yeah. which
2: worries me greatly cuz we play in the same Monday night team very occasionally but uh, uh I um,
1: stand by my comment <laughs> which includes myself
2: look I actually um it's not that I didn't mind this one but at least this one was a scuffle between the two players involved mm. you No, know, in, in that sort of regard. I see that as a clean scuffle. Like it was an altercation between these two. It wasn't someone running in from nowhere or right, or right, or right. It was oh,
1: spoiler alert mal I'm sure no one's seen the Mitch Creek scuffle.
2: Okay. Well, they're not going to see it on this podcast. Either.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so look, you know, yes, it, you know, it's not the best viewing, d- depending on what you're looking for. If you're looking for pure basketball, you know, inverted commas, then, yeah, you're not going to like this. But from from that point of view, I didn't mind this because it was literally an uh, an altercation or a scrap between the two players involved. So, yeah, you know, I don't think this one really hurts the league all that much. Um, but, yeah, Glover got an early sit-down for it.
1: All right. Yeah, I had him down as 16, 7, and 1 ejection. Yep. So, and he, he earned it. Well done. Yeah. Um, but nice little game from Xavier Cooks there. 14, 11, and five. Uh, Sydney, they're just they're struggling. They're shorthanded, and unfortunately, we'll get to it a bit later in the show. But the WNBL teams uh, just had some bad news as well. Um, but we'll get to the next game now. Cairns defeated Tasmania. What was the score? Ah, uh, 69. Nice. <laughs> 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 I just. Needed you to do that for me. I kind of
2: figured as soon as I saw <laughs> the first number, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is the setup." Yep, very good.
1: It's an obligatory nice. You uh-huh, got to do it. You uh-huh, got uh-huh. yep. to. Yep. Sixty nine to sixty two. Nice. Oh, sorry. I yeah. Trying again. Yep.
2: <laughs> Fired in a bit early that time. Ah, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, we phrase- too much fun
2: phrasing. Boom. Uh, One
1: thing I took away from this Mel, was the lack of shooting. Cans 5 of 21 from deep. Yikes, that's not going to win many games. Well, it won this game. When you say lack of shooting. Yeah. Well, look, it won this game because Tassie shot 5 of 35 from deep. Like, <sighs> at what point do you just, in a timeout, just say, all right, lads, let's try something else. Just something else. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't want to keep picking on them because I know after I say this with their skill set, they're gonna come out and just destroy someone soon. But the backcourt, uh, Majet and Adams, the Joshes, they were three of twenty from deep. Now they say shooters shoot. Generally shooters hit a few as well. And as we said last week Good we said, shooters. Good, good shooters hit. <laughs> we we say every week, we call a spade a spade. When they get hot, which I said they absolutely will, like they did in the Blitz a few times, we'll give them their flowers. But like, at what point do you think, right, maybe we should try and get to the hoop here, get some free throws. Let's just try something different. Oh, probably when you're shooting at, what, five from 60? That's that's probably the red flag. That's probably the red flag. If- I mean, the, the teams combined, what is that? 10 of 56. That, that is pretty much like coming down on a Thursday night and watching my league. And I'm not promoting that. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not a compliment.
2: Uh-uh. It is not. No, it definitely isn't. Uh,
1: this was a tough yikes. watch. and I, yeah. I don't like saying that about professional sports, but it, it was a tough watch. It is what it is. Um, and especially when Machado went down... And I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is gonna suck. Can scored six points in the second quarter. And I was like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, no. But our boy, we've been going on about him. He he joined the um woeful from deep party. But Taj McCall, 28 and five. 20 points, 8 boards, 5 assists. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume
2: 10 inside shots.
1: Yeah, well. None from six from TV. He, he was all in on that party, did well. Uh, you know, someone had to win this game. It's just... Taj had a really good game as he's done. I mean, you know, he's a little bit higher than his averages from, from last week in the Blitz, but pretty on pace with what he's been doing. And they just got it done defensively. They hit more shots than the jack jumpers.
2: Yeah, look, uh, you must be pretty... Uh pretty down on Maget because you haven't tried to shoehorn that legit, legit sort of thing down down our throats this well, week. Well, so. to
1: be fair, yeah. he probably had the best game for Tassie. Oh, so. oh, spoke,
2: too soon. <laughs> spoke too soon.
1: But look, the starting five for Tasmania went 15 of 50 from the field. You're not <sighs> going to win many games when your starters are giving you that.
2: Well, look, even in the NBL, a defensive league, what, 62, 62. Mm. Typically, you wouldn't think 69 would be a winning score. but Nice. There you go, delayed response. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in this game it was. So, yeah, wow. Tough watch. Tough, Tough watch.
1: watch. Um, but we'll keep it on. and Like, Tassie... They're showing glimpses. I mean, they had that close loss to the 36ers. Like, they, they're right there. They showed him round one. They beat the brakes off the bullets. We've seen it. I don't, I, they didn't I, beat the brakes. Yes. That's, yeah, that's harsh. Possibly it overselling was OT. that. over time. <laughs> okay, Ref's okay. getting involved, I beat the brakes. I got a bit <laughs> liberal with that. But, you know, there were parts of that game that they were better. They, they looked better. Yeah. And we'll admit that, and they got need to the, put the job. It all together.
2: They got the job done, mm. you know. And it doesn't matter at the end of the season how you got your W or who your W
1: comes against. Winning's winning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's keep it on. We're coming down to the, f- the games we all want to hear about.
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. The, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. The funeral for your MVP selection. Yeah.
2: Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, look,
1: we're calling that a bit early, but Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. So it's
2: certainly not looking good. Something magical has to happen. Oh no, 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 no. I'm, I'm real fast. no,
1: no sorry. I mean funerals in a one-play funeral. <laughs> and I mean yeah. they all say you'd rather get dunked on than not contest. Show whoever says that that clip. Because <laughs> uh Delhi went down. Ah, eh.
2: All right, let's let's just jump into this.
1: Well, it's it's what everyone wants to hear. Go yep. on.
2: All right. So,
1: I know you're going to defend your boy.
2: I am because he defended. Like, he Did was he? Well, he got <laughs> up
1: there. He was standing there, I guess. He was
2: out of position. He got up in the air. You know, feel free um feel free to weigh in here if you think you could have done a better job in that situation from where Delhi was when the pass was get thrown over to Mitch Creek
1: a better job for my health and safety or <laughs> defensively <laughs>
2: defensively oh no yeah yeah he was out of obviously out of position and you know went up was a bit sideways obviously it didn't look good when he came down but like what did Mitch Creek actually do that was you know worth the shove in the back that he was given
1: yeah look let let's yeah I mean, the dunk was awesome. I mean, we know Creaky had ups, but like, I know it was Delhi, but he really got up. Like, <laughs> Creaky. He got up there and threw it down hard. He was pretty amped. I mean, he's, he's dunked on Delhi. They probably know each other quite well uh, from, you know, boomers' camps or whatever. Um, you know, they probably had some runs in the same city down there. But, you know. I guess from Melbourne's perspective, not not my perspective, but from United's, maybe a bit of over celebration. Dare I put out the the word taunting, which I don't agree with, um, because I've never ever dunked on anything higher than an eight foot hoop. But if I threw <laughs> down a dunk like that on someone, I'd be screaming a fair bit too, uh, especially when it's you know probably one of Australia's greatest basketball talents we've we've had. Mm -hmm. Uh, especially defensively. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I didn't like, it's kind of a flashback to the the Morris and Jokic thing in the NBA a few weeks ago of, I'm going to come charging in and hit you and then I'm going to turn my back and walk away so you're not allowed to do anything back to me. Yeah. Otherwise, you're the coward. Yeah. And I I didn't like that. Didn't like that. I, I don't... I actually... It might be controversial. I don't mind the running in to look after your mate that's getting, like, screamed at. And I don't like the hit he put on. I think it could have ended with, like, a little, you know, face-to-face verbal thing. I don't think you needed to run in and smack Mitch to the ground. Um, but to then hit him to the ground, then walk away and then act all surprised when a, a melee breaks out, <laughs> like, what do you think's going to happen, Like
2: Yeah, and that, for me, was the big issue, like, you come down, you hit someone in the back who clearly like Mitch Creek in that situation, yes, he was doing his, you know, big flex celebration thing. But if Warranted. You were, yeah, yeah, you know, he's just throwing down a huge dunk. He's also not really like, you know, threatening Delhi at this point.
1: He's not stepping over him, he's not no, even standing he's over he's him. He's
2: literally <laughs> just standing there flexing, you know, doing the, you know Caveman style Roar! Uh, you know, just and then just gets shoved in the back to the ground and, as you say, that's the bit I don't like, then walks away as if, oh, no, I'm innocent. Yeah. Like, no, mate. You're going to do, you know, you do a shot like that on somebody, you turn around. Like, if you've got the if you got the stones, exactly, <laughs> if you've got the stones to do it, have the stones to then stand there and, you know, watch Mitch Creek stand up and come at you, mm. which you didn't. You you tried to walk off and act as if you were completely innocent. That is just nut. Nah. That that was weak, frankly. Don't have time for that. That element in any game of basketball at any level.
1: Well, we saw a list um, brought out today by the NBL. A lot of people have a lot of answers, uh, questions to answer at the tribunal. So we'll see what comes from it. Mm. It is what it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was all sorts of complaints being made around the court announcer there was all sorts to come out of that oh, game so yeah we're not going to get
1: into that that was wrong yeah
2: there'll be uh yeah there'll be some interesting things to, to come from the league some positions and things come down f- around lots of different elements of this game so mm.
1: it, and it, it's a shame because it was actually a good game and Delhi himself had a really nice game he's finally found some form there and he was playing really well and until uh, all hell broke loose, obviously, and
2: and I still like that from Delhi. Get up! Don't just give the you know mm. the easy dunk. Get get up there, play some D, which you know is just classic Delhi. No matter what age, he's he's not going to give up on the play.
1: So, mm-hmm. uh, Zucci Whew, coming out party. Nearly had a triple double with blocks. Mm. 22, 10, 7 blocks. Whew, fantasy owners would have been happy with him this week Mm -hmm. Uh, which is not me (laughs) anyone who did have him on their team fantastic I mean if he can stay healthy and and keep logging these minutes, the stats are going to be there I mean it's a pretty handy guy to have in the middle alongside a Mitch Creek I mean, based off the first two rounds if there's a team that looks better than the Phoenix, I'd love to hear who it is
2: yeah look i'm I am a, a Zuchi, uh fantasy owner very proud to say that um, I've also paired him up with Mitch Creek which so far is going very well uh, for my little team in in our uh, in our fantasy uh, at the moment so I'm currently in third place which very I'm, happy with. I'm
1: part of the league <laughs> just yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, if this was a – like if we dropped like the lowest player after every round, yeah, we yeah you, you wouldn't
1: be in it at the moment. But look, that's all right. You'll be back. Mel, low-hanging fruit there. I'm not going to bring up the word relegation. <laughs> low-hanging fruit, that would just be rude of me. I'm not going to bring it up. Hey, hey, that's fine. I won't bring up relegation. No, know.
2: That's okay. <laughs> that's fine.
1: Uh, nah, it's all
2: good, mate. It's all good.
1: Look – I believe I picked the Phoenix to win it all as a non-homer pick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously I went with the Bullets back in our previous show. Uh, but then as a non-homer pick, it was, you know, betting with my head, not my heart. It was the Phoenix. So, a- and based on the first few rounds, I'm feeling pretty confident about that. Unlike a lot of other of my picks. but <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, we're definitely. They look scary. Yeah. We're picking the corn out of that. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs>
1: they look very scary. Um, moving on. Look, we won't go through this one in too much depth Mel, but we mentioned earlier that Dusty Hunters popped off a second game of the week. This was against the Breakers. 36ers won this one by double digits. Dusty, 25 points on 60% from the field. Uh, Johnson, 22 points. Mitch McCarron failed us. Didn't register a block. Oh. Had, a, had every other stat. Didn't have oh. a block. So his, his run of three straight regular season games will stay at three.
2: Come on, Mitch. Be, be just slightly taller.
1: Yeah. But um, other than Dusty showing us who he is that we already knew, there's a big on the bench. Another old Brizzy boy. Mm. Big old Cambesto. Yeah, right. Dub Dub off the bench. When, he's back, baby. Dare I ask,
2: when is this run, like this turning back of the clock it actually
1: feels like? I feel like he's just healthy. Yeah. Like he's had all these health issues, like injuries and, and whatnot, and he just looks healthy. Like when he was back at the Bullets, who said it before, I felt like he was struggling to run up and down the court, which I know all about, uh, but I'm not a professional <laughs> athlete and now watching him he's moving more better <laughs> that was <laughs> that sentence didn't go well mm. but he seems more agile and able to change direction a bit more speed doesn't look like he's limping up the court and you know 15 and 10 another strong game off the bench with three assists and four steals four steals jeez like, just getting the hands in the passing lane
2: yeah like just wowzers, wowzers. um Best of luck to you, Cam. Hopefully you can really string this together for the whole season because its it feels like it's been so long since we've seen this Cam. Mm. And frankly, this is the only Cam Bairstow I want to see for the rest of your career. If you can string this together for however long you can, mate, please, please keep doing it because it's great to watch.
1: Besson? From the Breakers followed up his twenty-six point effort against the Phoenix with a twenty-five point effort against Adelaide. Uh, Wetzel, another twenty points added to his tally. And Brizzy, Willie, McDell, White, twenty-seven and seven, shooting seven of nine from downtown. So of course he's taken on the load there in the backcourt with Seaver missing time. I've said They're not registering dubs at the moment, but this Breakers team, they're competitive. They're scoring, which is a good sign to me. They're not being held in the 60s and 70s. They're scoring points. They're up there in the mid to high 80s. They're going to win some games. Even with all these injuries, uh, they're going to win some games.
2: Yeah, and uh, apparently um, the Dallas Mavericks are actually sending a scout to watch the uh, was it New Zealand Breakers versus Illawarra game uh, on Friday uh, to watch the New Zealand Breakers next stars? Mm. You know, s- sending down the scouts to really uh, assess, thing, mm, assess things from the court.
1: So, look, could be interesting. It'll be interesting. Ooh, shout-out, friend of the show, Isaac White. Let him fly, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Let him fly. Let him go. (laughs) Let him go. (laughs) All right, last game of the round. Best till last. Oh, baby. (laughs) I mean, this was going to be a 30-second conversation if it ended differently. (laughs) Strap yourselves in, folks. (laughs) The Bullets, they uh, shoot through the jungle and they take down Perth. In what I have said is probably the best regular season game I've ever seen. Double overtime victory for the Bullets up against Bryce Cotton. Best import the NBL's ever seen. And Vic Law. Best import that the Bullets lost this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was yeah. back and Hashtag forth. Hashtag
2: still too soon for some.
1: Oh, I'm gonna be <laughs> salty forever. I love a bit of Vic Law. Uh Look, Perth started off quite slow. Bullets shot out to a lead, and Perth just railed them back in. The bench came up really big in this one, uh, in my opinion. And Without the bench, this probably could have got out of hand in the first half because Cotton was way off his game. The Bullets were throwing everything at Vic Law to make sure he didn't take over the game. But in came the bench. They saved the day. They were banging down threes. They were having a party. However, we get down to the end of the game. You know, Cotton's starting to heat up in the third, fourth quarter. He's starting to do Cotton time slash Dame time. Points to the wrist of the crowd. He was amped up. But hey, that last minute, Mel, was just crazy. Uh, we had, you know, Sobey hitting the threes. We had a charge ruled on the court that was then overruled um, upstairs, which, you know, as a as a player, I don't think it was a charge. Spade's mm-hmm. a spade. Mm-hmm. Love our bullets. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a charge. A little push off, but you know, nothing you'd call any other time. The problem I had with it though, is Perth had been flopping all game and getting calls, <laughs> especially off screens, Yeah. whilst guarding the ball handler. Yeah. And to call those, you know, I can think of two or three straight off the top of my head throughout the game. And then not just, you know, make that call at the end of the game, and then to overrule it in an inconsistent manner to how the rest of the game was refereed. I don't know. I didn't agree with that. So as an isolated incident, I didn't think it was a charge. But given the consistency throughout the game, I, I don't know how they overruled it. But it is what it is. There
2: is a real art to refereeing. Um, and one of the big parts of basketball is obviously you know, the way games are actually refereed. Mm-hmm. And there's a tone set in that first five minutes. I've always thought that the first five minutes of, a re, you know, of the way a game is reft or whistled is actually can be more crucial than the last five because that's going to set the tone from the referees exactly how they're at. And players, they're human and they are going to push the envelope as much as they can mm-hmm. and they're going to try and get away with as much as possible. And unfortunately that's what we we tend to see in a lot of these games if you know when the flop starts and they start getting calls that go that way they're going to keep trying for it and they're going to until it gets to the point of ridiculous and then all of a sudden it sometimes snaps back but yeah unfortunately there are moments in games where we have things like this where things are referred upstairs and upstairs are seeing things different to the way they're seeing them on the floor and all of a sudden it, yeah you, you get a call that whilst technically is correct, doesn't feel that way and uh, can be frustrating as a fan.
1: Well, the one big takeaway that we hope stays, LP, Lamar Patterson. <laughs> he's back, baby. Yeah. 27 points. He went El Fuego from deep. They ran, it's looked like... Two or three double screens at the top of the key for him in a row. He's just banging him in. No, no worries about any hand in his face. Um, Rob Franks, love this guy. I think he, he's got potential to maybe be better than Vic Law. And you can see why he's got that NBA experience, uh, adding in 21 and 12 here. He hit some big shots, especially a three down, uh, down the wire there. You know, Bryce Cotton copped a bit of flack because he he took 23 shots to get his 19 points. Our boy Sobey took 24 shots for his 19 points, so he, he was out there missing quite a few. But both those players steered their teams respectively. So regardless of field goal percentage, they were both the reason, more or less, their team was there. I mean, Vic Law hit some big shots on way to 29 points, Especially here, two or three shots from deep uh, down the stretch, um, he was just yapping away to the bullets bench. I'd love, (laughs) love to have been in the front row and just—I don't know who he was talking to and what he was saying—but it was—it seemed a bit personal, almost like it wasn't a quick, like you know, you know, if you shoot in front of the other team's bench, you see in the NBA, they might turn around and say something because obviously. You know, they, they make a noise behind it. him. Yep. This was, He was barking at the Bullets bench. He was going at them. And uh, look, at the end of the day, Bullets take the chockies, And it was good to see both teams. Just, they lined up. They all shook hands. It's all good at the end of the game. And the best thing of all, Mal, as you're listening to this episode, Friday night, we do it all again. In the jungle. Yeah. Oh, oh! Yeah. Let's go to triple OT, baby. <laughs> Let's see Lamar go for fifty. Let's see Bryce go for forty-nine. <laughs> but we just—I'd love to see another game of that quality because that was just—it was unreal, Mel.
2: Yeah, there's nothing quite like OT basketball, and then there's nothing like double OT basketball. Oh, so. Fingers crossed, next week we can say there's nothing like triple OT basketball. <laughs> oh, but, uh, that'd be unreal. Yeah, look, it was it was generally great to see the Bullets get over the line here, and this is that sort of victory that we talk about. You know, These are the scrappy ones that really add up, because um, these not only add to your total, they give you all sorts of confidence moving forward, mm. and that's going to be the big thing for the Bullets to make. The jump ne- this year isn't just... Their ability, because they've always had, you know, a, a fair amount of ability in their players, but you partner the ability they have this year, which is greater, with confidence of winning some tight games. Oof. Oof.
1: The like, boys are on the march, baby. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang, here we go. Okay. All right, We'll be back. Uh, I guess it's probably still a bit early, deep dive into ladders and, you know, there's been some surprise games might give it another round or two before we look at the ladder shaping. it. Well, out. it is
2: round two. Yeah, you know, we've Phoenix, just got Phoenix are
1: it. at the top. They're head and shoulders above, in my opinion. And then there's sort of another group under that, and the rest under that. But we'll go into that in the next two or three weeks, I guess. Um, but we'll be back round three next week, NBL. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie.
2: Alrighty. Well, we were in the league we love. Now it's time to go over to that other. Australian League we love. Will they also play that sweet, sweetie? Mm. The WNBL. Round two. We're still not, unfortunately, unfortunately we haven't still had all teams playing yet, but we will. We will. Yeah, Paul
1: Perth. Out till round five, allegedly. Yeah.
2: So, look, you know, definitely feeling as if we're missing them, but they will be back. They'll be back soon. Once, once the league's back at full strength... Oh, these rounds are only going to get even better. But where are we starting first here, mate?
1: Yeah, look, we just had some breaking news come through just before we uh, came live on the air here. Stephanie Watts, superstar import for Sydney Flames, done for the season now. Ouch. Yeah, it's bad bad news. Major knee injury. No further details that I've seen of that. Generally, you're talking ACL meniscus, especially if you're talking end of season, like ending the season. So tough news for Steph Watts, tough news for Sydney Uni Flames. It's going to open up the floor for young Shiloh Hill, but you know yeah. that's a big void to fill for for the Flames. Uh, but heading into the action that we did have for round two here, first game off the docket was Bendigo up against the Boomers. And, of course, Bendigo featuring a couple friends of the show out there. Mm-hmm. I had a bit of concerns for them heading into this one, uh, especially given their track record of late. But they got it done. Oh, I, I was lucky enough to sit down and watch this. It was at a good time for me uh, in between, you know, dad and husband duties. But, yeah, Bendigo just really took it to the Boomers and... The Boomers, like, Kayla George popped off. She was fantastic. Had 16 and 19 for the record. But other than that, just anyone else in a Boomers jersey just struggled to get it going. They shot 32% from the field, 5% from deep. Like, Tiff Mitchell showed some flashes of, like, I could be the best player on the court on any given game, (laughs) but didn't put it all together for the whole game here. And look... Maley again, another big double-double, 18 and 13. Tessa Levy, the cross-code superstar, was pitching in. Like, Bendigo, they, they got it done here and, look, it was a close game. It was hard fought and we had to do it all again on Sunday. So, Sunday night, they play again. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good.
2: Uh, look, I caught the Townsville, Townsville-Adelaide game. Now, this was an interesting game. Um, Adelaide were down by 22 points Mm. and got it back to one with about, uh, what are we down to like three minutes left in the fourth Mm. and got it back to one. Eventually, um, it, it got out to 11 points, but really that wasn't, um, that wasn't really a true indication of the, the last, uh, 15 minutes of the game. It was much, it was much tighter than that. Um, there's also a little bit of a weird one where uh was it the Townsville Fire I uh, sorry the Adelaide Adelaide team hadn't actually registered <laughs> any fouls late in the game. Yes. So they then went from like zero fouls to five fouls in what was a 40 second period in the last t- two mm. minutes there. It was it was a really weird stretch but you know all good came through good friend of the show um Steph Reed starting for the townsville fire and look even though she was literally what felt like for most of the uh, most of the other players on the on the opposing end of the court she was literally a foot shorter than them still d- at no stage looked to be you know fearful of them great handles ducking weaving driving into the key uh, unloading a couple of really nice assists Actually scored the last two free throws of the game, knocked them both down. Ah, um, oh, and but
1: I don't think there's much Steph Reed is afraid of, Mal, and No, certainly not doing TikTok videos. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: certainly not uh, one Steph Talbot either, which.
1: Great game from the skipper out there. For <coughs>
2: it was. And look, Adelaide basically looked like they hadn't had much time preseason together and that's because they haven't had much time pre-season together. And it really showed through this game because um, at the start they were a bit woeful, were very um, discombobulated. By the end of it they were really pushing the ball up the court, uh, throwing it around and get, really getting the open look. So, look, I'd be a little bit fearful uh, by the end of the season. I think these guys are really going to have a good handle on, you know, where to get the ball, where, you know, who's going to be open in different positions, things like that. So, yeah, look, um, while Adelaide didn't win this one, look out for them later on. But one, two players I do need to mention for the fire, um, definitely Billings, Wowzers. Big inside, just looks strong. Got a couple of nice feeds from Reid. And, of course, Nicholson, just money down the stretch. When her team needed her, they went to her, just bang, 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 with three shots in the last four minutes that were just absolutely perfectly timed, never looked like missing, gave the team a nice little lead, which they then carried through to the end of the game. So a lot... We actually saw a lot in this game from both teams and I can see both these teams um, throughout the season really putting together a really strong season.
1: Yeah, look, Loz Nicholson and the Fire, they, they killed it. and Just like the Phoenix were doing with my prediction, the Fire are doing that for me as well in the WNBL here. Picked them to win it all. I mean, the, the stat I took away from this game, they shot 36% from the field. from deep and I mean if you're going to shoot like that you're going to win a lot of games and you know speaking of a team that you know is likely to win a lot of games our third and final game of the weekend the Boomers they they did not take that loss well from Bendigo and they came out and wiped the Flyers off the floor it just was not overly competitive this game uh You know, it said, Tiff Mitchell gave us flashes in that game against Bendigo. Uh, She gave us a whole game this one. So (laughs) Mm. she was amazing. Uh, Lindsay Allen popping off. uh, Tess Madgen popping off as well. You know, a few shout outs for the Flyers. Roshi, finally, you know, well, not finally, it's round two, Uh, (laughs) But really got going with her shot here, carried the team with her shooting, 21 points for her. Abby Bishop, good friend of the show, shout out Abby, playing in her 250th game, dropped in a double-double, doing what she does best. And uh, when you
2: think about that too, 250th plus, plus the WNBA, plus the Europe, plus, plus all the stops. International. Yep
1: it's that's a lots of games
2: it's one heck of a career that she's been able to put together. don't
1: forget all the state league games we, we just saw her playing mm-hmm. uh in queensland here and, and blitzarves red hot last week we were really tooting a horn and uh really not this week so none of eight from the field for the flyers you know hopefully that's just a little bump in the road for her and, and she'll pick it up next week um but now, just a preview of what to look ahead for in round three here. Mm-hmm. We've got the Flyers and the Boomers. They're taking <laughs> the Boomers. They're just doing a replay of round two. <laughs> uh, they're taking on the Flyers Saturday evening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, the South side they have more than enough talent to make this a game. Yep. You know, and show that that was just a one-off affair. So we'll keep an eye on that. Straight after that game, Townsville takes on the Uni Flames. Shiloh Hill up against her old team, uh, mm. paired up with her dad now, but without backcourt partner Steph Watts. So, um, be interesting
2: bounce back game if they can.
1: Yeah, Shyla and Steph Reed set to duel and and go to work there. Really looking forward to that battle on Saturday night, uh, and then on Sunday, the Capitals take on the Lightning, followed by the Spirit with their rematch against the Boomers. So we'll be back next week to recap all of those games and some big talking points, Mel.
2: Yeah, it should be good. We've got uh, more WNBL
1: action coming your way. Oh, it's that time of the week, Mel. Oh, goody. I love this bit. My phone's vibrating. Is it? Yeah. Can you hear that? No. It's a ringtone. Oh. Oh. Who's that? Oh, it's Jackie. Jackie Dover is calling in. We better jump off the pod and jump into the phone call. Let's do it.
0: Board don't lie. That don't lie.
1: Board don't lie, Australia listeners. We have one of our most special guests this week. We've had players on this podcast. We've had coaches on this podcast. But Mel, who are we we missing that's involved in basketball? Not the Uh, tuck shop lady. Not the tuck shop
2: lady. No, uh, managers are important, but uh, you don't need need them to play a
1: game. Ouch. (laughs) Referees? Yeah, referee. We have the first Indigenous female NBL referee about to jet set across the ditch to the States, Jackie Dover, joining the show this week. Jackie, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thanks, Dan
1: and Mel. Thanks for having me on. Oh, looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we we hear from players and you know a few coaches every week. Their perspectives on the game of basketball, and now we'll get the uh, referees' insight—sort of the unsung heroes of the game.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, I can do us justice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, before you focused
2: on your refereeing, though, you had a nice little playing career. Can you first tell us uh, about your early years in basketball, your junior club? Um, And any special mentions uh, for any of those people who helped you along the way?
0: Uh, Yes, I guess my involvement from basketball started at quite a young age, um, coming from a basketball family. We grew up around Gold Coast basketball, um, so I played all my juniors there until I moved to Townsville um, to play up for the Town High Tropics and in the, the State League program out there. So I moved out home. and. Tried to make it as a player into the WNBL. That clearly hasn't gone overly well because now I'm a referee. Um, But it was a really good experience to move out of home and and give it a shot up there. Um, I really enjoyed my time in Townsville. Ended up spending 10 years up there. So um, I I finished playing around 21, 22 um, due to injury um, and being a really good bench warmer kind of led me onto the the officiating side. But, yeah, growing up playing, um, played at Gold Coast, and then Townsville, um, and then yeah, just being a part of that community in Townsville was um, really enjoyable from a playing perspective.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of those things like we all started off, you know, with hoop dreams, and you know, you're you're running off to do refereeing, um, and we've got a podcast, so it doesn't always work out the way you think <laughs> it is uh, going to, but that's all right. So you started your referee uh, refereeing career up in up in Townsville. Uh, soon found yourself doing QBL games. Can you tell us a bit about the, the quick rise through the ranks that you had?
0: Yes, yeah, so I guess for for my pathway, it's probably a bit different. I did uh, do a couple of refereeing games and years as a junior, but that was more to get some pocket money. I actually stepped away from refereeing for about six, seven years because I was uh, that player on the court that clearly knew the rules really, really well <laughs> um, and knew that every referee – Refing me as a player uh, was wrong, even though I was probably one of the worst defenders. Um, just so like Dan. Point. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, kindred spirits. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's why we're on a podcast, ain't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. From the Ville, I've spent, uh, spent just about as much time up there myself. So, Yeah,
0: yeah that's a really good spot up there. But um, yeah, about six, seven years ago, I um, had a shoulder injury. So I got my first minutes for State League that year. I uh, dove on a ball, dislocated my shoulder, and then um, the the aim was to just referee, uh, being a, a basketball person, always being around the court. It was a bit weird to not be involved, so I figured I'd um, start refereeing again. Um, so yeah, there's a back end of one QBL season that I injured myself, and then the next year I was on on QBL uh, in Queensland for State League. So uh, it was a bit different, a bit surprising, and I had a lot of learning in that in that first year. But yeah, I guess in terms of a refereeing pathway, I, coming in at an older age has probably allowed me to kind of work through to the senior leagues and then up to the national leagues a bit faster, just kind of with that conflict and communication abilities. Um, but also the playing background too. I think I know that definitely helped me in the first couple of years. Um, like I said, as a player, I thought I knew all the rules and then I started refereeing and I knew I I realised I knew about 5% of it. So I had a lot of learning to do those first few years.
2: Yeah, that's why Dan's never really taken up the whistle. He just yeah.
1: Oh, I would be the worst referee cuz I just would let the teams play. So the teams would love me, but the probably the head of refereeing would not love me. <laughs> um, but anyway, and I've also got a short temper, so anyone arguing with me would just I know, we'd have big arguments. Uh so no, He's a
2: pussycat, don't he?
1: <laughs> Look, you, you obviously had a lot more games in the State League here in Queensland, QBL, uh, compared to the NBL. I might just ask you a few questions about your experiences there. Um, maybe number one, what, what do you think was like the best home arena in Queensland? Like, What, what team do you think had the best crowds come out?
0: Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I guess from when I've been on the court as a referee, Mm. Um, I'd say I refereed the grand final series held in Townsville uh, a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that packed out stadium was really good. I think on a regular basis, Mackay, when they, they've got a really good crowd now, but when they had the old setup of the grandstand before they expanded, mm-hmm. uh, nothing really beat that. But then I've never refereed in a packed Rocky crowd, but being playing there, um, and, hearing from other referees so Rocky Mackay Townsville are probably the best stadiums I think for atmosphere and and just people getting behind the teams
1: <coughs> Brisbane Capitals <laughs> oh
0: sorry yes that too
1: was that grand final series was that against Brisbane up there am uh, I thinking of the right year
0: the women's was Spartans oh it was the women's um, one right yeah I don't recall who the men's was sorry at that stage no. I was just doing the women's
1: And that kind of might answer my other question. My other question was, what were some of the most memorable games you were in charge of uh, during State League?
0: That grand final series was definitely a big one. I -hmm. think Um, when you're trying to talk to your partner on the court and you have to be like 10 centimeters away from each other because the crowd's really loud, um, that's a really cool vibe to be involved in. I think my first game would probably be one of it in terms of just being on state league. I was to Mackay versus Townsville, so players I'd either played with or against or been around for a few years being on the playing side. Um, probably more memorable because it was such a shock to the system. It was weird that these people were then uh, having emotions in the games towards you, and I think that was a really big learning point for me as well around I'm in a totally different position now that you kind of got to get used to wearing the stripes and they're talking to the stripes rather than the person.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and, and just on a personal note, I think Mel and I will add Logan into the mix of best home arenas around the league at the moment. Cause we went there a few times in this NBA one season. I'm not sure if you made it out, but um, their arena is just full on. Um, they pack it with fans and yeah, they really get into it. So yeah, um, they do a really good show and teams. everything <laughs> with the smokes.
0: Yeah. With all the smoke stuff going. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Final we did
1: there too. And that was a really good crowd. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, you made your debut in the NBL during the Indigenous round and you got to take the court, uh, you know, the Battle of Queensland, Cairns and Brisbane uh, back in May. (laughs) Can you tell us a bit about that experience? And, and, you know, it was probably a bit of a blur for you, but some of the memories you do have from that game.
0: Yeah, it was parts of it, definitely. I think the lead-up was a bit more than I thought uh, would come with your first game. Um, I know the guys in the league were joking about it, that I might not just be um, the first female uh, Indigenous to jump out there, but I'm probably the first referee to have all this media before your first game. It's mm. not usually a thing that happens. Um, so I guess that kind of put a bit of a spinner in the works. Um, the game itself was, was quite good. I know that the players there, um, working preseason games for them or being around as an emergency and just seeing them around the seasons um, uh, a few of them were congratulating me before the game, which was pretty nice. Um, and then just being on the court and having that ability to go out there and have the respect on both sides um, straight up was beneficial, I guess, from a rookie point of view. Um, I guess, I, yeah, it was parts of it were a blur. I was just really trying to focusing on not, not messing up my calls that I was making, uh, but trying to take in the experience as well.
1: No, and and congratulations by the way, because it's such a massive achievement, um, regardless of any context. But just to make it to the professional ranks um, so massive shout out and congrats to you about that and can you tell us a bit about perhaps when you got the call like when when you found out you'd be refereeing that game how did that all go down?
0: Uh, I was actually in Darwin doing a, a jd J88 camp up there and I think it was my last night so I went down to the the waterfront and was watching the sunset and I got a call from the boss and just said look you're on court in a couple of weeks um, I think my response was Are you sure? Or really? Uh, Or something like that. Like, oh gosh, this is happening. Um, I didn't quite know. It was actually the Indigenous round, so I guess that makes it more special um, to represent my culture out on the court. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then just being able to tell the family. uh, My sister actually flew up to surprise me to um, come. She had said that a mate was going with some tickets and then I'm warming up and I can hear her yell my name and realize it was there. And my wife, uh, hid that secret pretty well. But, yeah, to have them in the crowd too was pretty cool. But, yeah, the call to to find out you're getting on court um, is always exciting too because then for me I had a few weeks to try and prepare as best I could to jump out there too.
2: Cool. Well, speaking of on the court, um, I think we've all sort of de- seen these sorts of players at different levels. But how do you deal with <laughs> – I have been this player, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> we are fully aware anyway uh how do you deal with argumentative players uh at that nbl level
0: um i guess probably the best answer for this is i try to uh think as their response is how i was thinking i was a really good player in the qbl um or at club level but i guess it's understanding that emotional reaction um and knowing different personalities out on the court, like there's certain players that when they do that, you can just be like, "Hey, uh, well, in my two game experience, like, hey, no, don't do that, mm-hmm. or you can't t- don't talk to me like that, or you can't talk to me like that, or hey, come on, let's let's just talk this through." Um, and then there's other players that it's probably not relevant what you say; they're just trying to vent, I guess, or get that emotional thing mm-hmm. out. So I guess as long as it's if within the lines of the behavior we're accepting as a panel and how we're dealing with that. Um, my my key thing is to remember it's an emotional game um, and not so much don't yell at me but hey come on can we not talk like that or if you've got a question come ask me the question and that type of thing um, I guess as a player that's how I would have responded best um, so yeah I guess it's for me it's that understanding that basketball is like a very emotional game um, and it's our job to kind of be level and try to bring people back down to that calm level
2: nice Um so I've got to know uh, do you prefer to referee men or women in general?
0: I think there's two answers <laughs> <laughs> I really I really appreciate the women's game having played it myself and then going and watching it it's it's really structured in terms of sets and execution um, and the, the skill of the execution as well um, we've got some really talented females in the WNBL um, and over in the WNBA too, and they're really exciting games to watch. I think the men's game's different in terms of that above the rim action. It's probably more frequent than the women's. You might get it a couple of times in the women's game. So I guess that brings another part to it. Um, I personally really enjoy being on the court in the men's game when someone does a really big dunk Mm. um, and then you, I'm just standing there and I'm like, I'm refereeing the game, but I also have the best seat in the house and you can't beat this right now. Um, So yeah, I guess it's, I prefer both, but for different reasons at different times, if that kind of answers the question.
1: (laughs) Yep.
2: They they both definitely have their different elements.
1: It it must be so hard, like, if someone's going up for a dunk to not just get caught in that moment. And, you know, as a referee, you've got to worry so much about what the defender's doing, what the person dunking's doing. And I'd just be caught watching it like, oh, my goodness. Like, uh, in the NBA this week, there was a big dunk and – um, the referee ended up calling a charge, but I reckon he just wasn't even watching. <laughs> just saw players scattered on the ground and just thought, well, that must be a charge.
0: Uh, if <laughs> yeah, you saw the footage mistake. from his angle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, I made that mistake. Uh, I think it was in that first or second year. I was on a 16th state champs final. And, um, yeah, a kid, I, he hesitated, ankle broke this guy and went down and dunked it. And I was sitting there in trail be like, oh, gosh, that's Huge. That's awesome. And then I forgot I had to run down the other end and ref the next play. So at that point, I was like, You're the referee. Come on, let's go. So, yeah.
1: Your secret's safe with us and all of our listeners. (laughs) And everyone else. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you're heavily involved in basketball outside of refereeing. You did mention your JD8 Academy before. Um, And, you know, you've done quite a lot of work with Indigenous Basketball Australia. I've got a You know, pretty big A and B question here. A, can you tell us a bit about your roles and your academy? But then also just how do you manage to juggle all of these things?
0: (laughs) Okay, we'll start with A. Yep. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I designed the my business JD eight official to uh to mentor and guide officials coming up through. I feel like that was a, a range of things. I guess, context to it. I'm a pretty impatient person, so I feel like there was a whole lot of lessons I could have learned earlier, not necessarily on the court, because I think you can't get better at calling without the experience and seeing that play happen 50, 100 times to be able to accurately call it and do that consistently. It was more the off-court stuff, so that uh, the mindset, skill training, um, how do you do pre-games, your professionalism, how are we processing plays and that type of thing. So I kind of... off the back of my trip to Chicago saw how they did some things over in the States and felt that was an area that I could uh, bring to kind of add on to what we do at association land. So with our referee coordinators at association, try to support and offer something outside of that. But then also, I guess it's similar to players that going and get training off players that are currently in the NBL or ex NBL players to better their game. I felt that that's something we could do as referees here in Australia. So um, yeah, I, I felt that that was something I could offer. Um, and then also with the move to the States, it means I can still work with officials here in Australia. So the way I structured and, and designed it was hopefully with the goal to be doing what I'm doing um, and to be able to still work and give back to the Australian officials here. Um, so, yeah, that's probably JD8 in a in a hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then B, uh It's a lot of calendars with different colour coding (laughs) Um, and utilising time on aeroplanes. We do a bit of it travelling around for the NBL. So um, that's actually the time I get the most work done, whether it's reviewing games or touching base with members and and whatnot. But, yeah, juggling it all. Um, And then asking forgiveness of my wife that I forget to tell her I've got a bunch of things going on and (laughs) that I expect her to know what's going on.
1: (laughs) Hey, look, I'm not half as busy as you and I'm – always asking my wife for forgiveness too when I forget things. So don't, don't stress too much. Uh, now, you're did you you know you're talking about your time in Chicago and, of course, we're about to touch on you heading back over to the States, uh, to New York soon. Um, can I just ask a favour from you while you're there, please? The- uh,
0: let's let's <laughs> say yes. Okay, good. Good
1: answer. I'll, I will ask it now. Um, just take the FIBA rules with you and just have a look at – the NBA's take fouls. Do you know the ones I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah. On okay. the fast yeah, race? Can you just
1: be the leading force behind getting rid of those, please? Because they drive me crazy. I mean, in FIBA, oh, that's an unsportsmanlike all day. <laughs> and over there, it's like, oh, it's just a foul. It's all good.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a different um, style of officiating. My NBA rule books colored uh, with my yellow highlighter everywhere on things that are a bit different that I need to learn. Right. Um, just put a line through that so, one. <laughs> we I'll see what I can do. I'm actually excited to give all those different rules a try and see how it actually feels out on the court. But I'll uh, I'll take your feedback and I'll provide that to them if I can. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dan from High, Australia, ask you, NBA, yeah. please. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be
2: taken seriously. I'm sure that will get it across the line. Uh, all right. So let's get to the elephant in the room. You'll be refereeing the first month or so of the NBL. Uh, before heading to over to nyc to participate in the nba referee development program um can you talk to us about you know what this program is going to involve how long you'll be there you know all those sorts of things for those of us who let's be honest will never get the will never get to live that experience what's it uh, what's it going to be looking like
0: um, so it's a it's a full-time position, uh, which is pretty exciting. Like I said before, I'm trying to learn a whole new rule book, so to to be in a full-time job where I get to learn and adapt and try to make it onto the the MBA court one day um, is pretty exciting. so it's a a full-time role out of the head office in New York. Um, so our aim is to live pretty close by because like you said, it's a pretty exciting opportunity outside of the actual workspace. Um, but yeah, the roles. Essentially, it's a three-year program aimed to get us prepared to be signed through the G League. Um, so to get to the G League, you've got to go through tryout camps and get signed and progress through um, the summer league and then onto the court, and then that's how you get picked up into the NBA. So this um, referee development program is aimed to upskill and, and train us to be ready for that. Um, so it can go for three years. Um, like I said earlier, I'm I'm fairly impatient and I've got my goal set out to be trying to push it within the first couple of years to get that contract on the G League court. Um, So then, yeah, I guess outside of moving to New York, the aim is to try make it to the G League and onto the NBA to then uh, travel around America and live in different spots and and make a pretty long career out of it. So uh, no offence to you guys or anyone here in Australia, but uh, not necessarily looking to come back for the next 15 to 20 years.
2: (laughs) That's okay. That's fine. We'll we'll come to you if needed. Yeah, needs feel be. free to
1: move us over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: I've spent about three weeks in New York in my travels, and um, oh, I I just love it. It's so good. Like every day, you could do something new. Uh, it's an amazing place. Um, well, so, we're going to
0: get you over this, as a new rule guy, aren't we? To yeah, the, um, well, that's it. Figure I'll out be, what it needs to come in and and go.
1: I'll be <laughs> sitting in Secaucus watching the take fouls with a keen eye. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Well. I feel as if I should, you know, give you a tip as well. Um, <laughs> can you take a two-minute timer for any reviews? Like some of the, the reviews <laughs> oh, just go on forever and ever and ever and ever.
1: I don't so, think that's up to the referees, though. That's the people <sighs> in the booth. Yeah, look,
2: I, you know, I, I obviously, you know, don't know exactly how it works, but if you could just get them to sort that out, I'd be very happy. So take <laughs> yeah, fouls for not- Dan. And uh re- reviews review speed for me. That'd be that, that's on our wish list. <laughs> Poor so. Jackie,
1: we're we're so needy we're just asking for <laughs> everything.
0: Oh, well, I was gonna say is that one's probably a more difficult one, even working in the replay center for the MBL. The um I feel like I sweat more in the replay center sometimes than I do on court from having to make decisions and go through the camera angles. So um I'll, I'll see how that one goes. Um, but yeah, I'm probably on their side so to take your time to get it right. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Jackie. Nothing wrong
2: with a mistake or two. Speed, speed. That's what we want.
0: Speed. Yeah, you
1: you lost me at just saying Mel's more needy than me. Um. (laughs) All right, well, uh, Jackie, look, that concludes the formalities of the interview uh, this evening. Uh, We really appreciate your time and and your stories. Hearing your perspective on the court, um, obviously completely different to players who are always right uh, or coaches who definitely always think they're right. Um, So... It is good for you to share some stories and also appreciate you telling us about your academies and, and upcoming trip to the States. However, if you've got another few minutes spare, we'd like to finish off with some quick-fire questions headed your way. All right.
0: This feels more pressured than a game, just putting that out there, <laughs> but
1: let's go. <laughs> well, if it makes feel any better, it is more pressure. So. Okay. Mel's, Mel's going to cool. hit you with no, a tough so- one. <laughs> that's
0: all right. We'll all right. probably
2: get through it quicker than an NBA review, so that's okay. <laughs>
0: That's okay. <laughs> so I'm in the good books. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right. First question. Nice, not so simple one. Uh, who would be your top five basketball players of all time? So it can be men, women, from whatever league you like. Who's your top five
1: players? Top five. Uh,
0: Kobe's definitely top. Yes. Um, I was quite obsessed with him as a kid. Has that We're got just anything to do with the actually... um,
1: JD8? Is that number uh, eight?
0: Surprisingly, no. Oh. Um, that was my tryout number in Chicago, and I thought it sounded cooler than my favorite number six. So, right, yeah, as you um, were, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely Kobe. Uh, I think MJ's in there um, for obvious reasons in terms of just being a freak athlete. Um, All time players, yeah, Kobe, MJ, I would say. From a an Australian point of view in terms of our leagues, uh, Sandy Brondello is in there for Ooh. me. Um, growing up watching her play was awesome. And then now seeing a coach as well is pretty cool. Um, I guess from a Townsville point of view, I'd put Susie Bakovich in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like she was a bit of a goat. And then uh, I feel like I'm still on the Australian female athlete point of view, so I'd probably say LJ as well.
1: Nice. That's yeah, yep. two, two in a row. <laughs> we have we hadn't had her name mentioned once. Now we've got two in a row. That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're trending in the right direction. Yep, yep. She's she's definitely, uh, uh,
2: yeah, one of my favorite Australian basketball players. Full stop. Like she's yeah, she's pretty <laughs> much the list. Obviously, there's some others, but you know she's at the top. Mm.
0: She's very good, very mm. good player, and I think she's done awesome work for us here in Australia in terms of what she was able to achieve.
2: Definitely, definitely. All right, well, normally that's the end of that question, but since you've got the refereeing background, who would be your top two referees of all time?
0: That's hard because that's probably harder than the first question because I've only been in for six years, so I'm still learning everyone that's kind of come before prior to me jumping on board.
1: Yep. <laughs> Maybe just your number um, one. Make no, I'd say top
0: two all right. would be Monty McCutcheon. So he's currently... Uh, head of referees, uh, like training and everything over in the NBA, but just being able to listen to him over the past couple of months and seeing what he did on the court was pretty awesome. Um, and then tied second would be Eric Lewis and Scott Butler, I reckon. Perfect. Would be mine.
1: Scotty Butler's, who I had written down um, one of the sort of, I don't know, just, yeah, best referee I've seen in the NBL. He was fantastic. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, question number two. Your favorite music artist?
0: Oh, that I'm never able to answer this question because (laughs) my worst thing is having a playlist that has about 50 different genres in it.
1: Can I ask you a different Um, question then?
0: Yeah. Okay. Go with that. (laughs) Your
1: go to karaoke song?
0: Oh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John. (laughs) My best friend and I, we nail that. (laughs)
2: <laughs> love it love it
0: with no confidence at all we definitely nailed that, and we shouldn't sing but yes that's it
2: nor should pretty much anyone who picks up a karaoke microphone but anyway
0: that's a very good point yes
2: <laughs> uh what's your go-to cheat meal
0: oh there's a very good pizza place on the sunshine coast that does gourmet pizzas so that would be my place
1: give, give him a shout out
0: amici pizzas they have the best vegan pizza very good. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Your favourite kicks of all time? Uh, Kobe's. I
0: think it was the
1: Sixers. Oh, just any of them's fine, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh,
0: there was one <laughs> one version that I had. Um, all the way through playing in terms of yeah. Probably when the Sixers with
1: all, all the dotted panels on the sides.
0: Yeah, that was it. I had yeah. a cool uh the old Harl short. Oh my gosh, Charlotte Hornets colours to it. Ooh. They were my favourite
1: pair. Very good, very good.
2: All right. Uh, favourite movie?
0: Uh, Pearl Harbour.
2: Oh. Nice. Interesting. Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's
0: bit a bit of random, random, but... Bit of Affleck? Yeah. Yep. yeah there was no hesitation yeah. there either. I Josh- like that. No, I could watch that any day. <laughs> Josh Hartnett?
2: Josh something in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, in the Jackie Dover movie, who plays Jackie
0: Dover? Oh, any—I guess anyone that can attempt to do my bun um, and not get frustrated when it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm very bad at that. Could take twenty times sometimes, but anyone that can wear the bun like this, so they can—they've got full access.
1: Fair enough. Fair right. fair Sounds enough. good. Yep. All right, this is a tough one. It's another player perspective. So you're going to, have to put your player hat back on. You're going to start a franchise in the WNBA or the WNBL, your choice. Which player are you going to build your franchise around?
0: Uh, So I would pick the WNBA with Sabrina Ionesco, and I probably said her last name wrong then, but she is the future GOAT.
1: Absolutely, I agree with that one. Nice choice, nice choice.
2: All right. Uh, if you could sit courtside and watch any game from any league ever, what game would you go back and watch?
0: Oh, I can't remember the year, but we we're in America and I couldn't get to it. It was the Christmas Day game between Lakers and Heat, where I think it was Heat, when Shaq and Kobe versus each other for the first time Ooh, since they split. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It would have been. Yeah. Clearly
2: oh, still
1: starting. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: I have a was it Kobe dunked over Shaq for the game something like like, yeah the ending was really good too like you know, yeah. the build up everything er, you know, everything about the game ended up being pretty amazing
0: yeah I was pretty hyped for that and then I think the ticket situation there was six of us from the family over there and we couldn't get all together so I watched it from the hotel room instead so yeah definitely would have loved to go to that one and would go any other time to that one too
1: Perfect. Um, well, you kind of somewhat answered our last quickfire question already, um, which is... Your
2: possibly, f- possibly, give her, possibly. give her a chance.
1: Your <laughs> favourite jersey number, which is either six or eight, I'm guessing, but why that's your favourite jersey number. Uh,
0: six would be my first choice and then eight's the second. Um I think you can cut out the reason for six because I can't actually let her hear this, but it was my older sister's number. (laughs) Um and I'll I'll be sick after this, but she's who I looked up to when I was growing up and wanted to play and and, uh yeah, try to make a make it like her um as a junior. So yes, that would be why for six. But if you could edit that bit out I'd appreciate it. Ready?
1: Let's do it together. One, two, three. (laughs) Oh,
2: <laughs> it's almost together too. That's to right. My little bro- I started playing in the number seven, and then my little brother started playing in the seven, and I switched, and then he didn't, but because he always, you know, still still looks up to me.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. Now I know you're who's just being like sick. My <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, look, Jackie. We really appreciate your time tonight. We know you are very busy juggling the 10,000 roles that you have in basketball and, and of course your personal life. So we won't hold you here any longer, uh, but thanks again for joining us on the show. We wish you best of luck in, in your, you know, your few rounds of NBL you're here for and uh, look forward to seeing you in the NBA finals in a few years.
0: Thank you so much and thanks for having me on. It was a good chat. No problem.
2: Our pleasure. On on
0: lie. lie.
2: He's got good balance. He does not hit Danny. He sets the position. Larry Bird uses Danny on his move. He fakes here, and then Danny goes into him. That's how the pick and roll must be made, and that's how any pick or screen should be made.
1: Thanks, Big Red. We're hitting our
2: happy birth- Shout out happy birthday to Larry Legend too. Sixty-five.
1: Damn! In four more years, I'll care. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Uh, so we're going to jump in our e- NBA, uh, segment on the show this week. Now going to switch it up to more of a pick and roll segment. So we're not just deep diving on everything, literally everything. We're just yep. going to pick out a few things that you find interesting and hope nice. that everyone else does too. And look, if, if there's something that you decide to pop on and you don't want to discuss further and, and you at home or anyone listening, Wanted us to deep dive a bit more, let us know. Send us a message. We'll chuck it in next week's show. It's not a big drama. And look, I I won't be offended if you don't like Mel's choices.
2: Way way to put a positive spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, bud.
1: Uh, One thing that is a non-negotiable each week is the players of the week. Uh So hopefully you haven't started doing your research on this yet. And we'll just... Fingers crossed.
2: You know me, baby. <laughs> Research is not my thing.
1: All right, heading out to the West.
2: That narrows it down.
1: Yep. Heading out to the West.
2: To 220 players.
1: Yep. A player, you know, who some might say has been struggling a little bit, playing for a team that is struggling a little bit, but should be a lot better than they have been. <laughs> yeah, He's been in the NBA a long time. He's just... Had a hit movie come out this offseason. Of course. LBJ. Yeah, Mr. LeBron James. Over the past week for the Lakers, leading his team to a 3-1 and one record. I uh, always find it interesting. If But 28 points, 8 assists, 7.5 rebounds a game. He's been showing out. He's just like a vino out there, just aging like a fine wine. Yeah. Uh, out into the East. Dropping
2: wine knowledge as well. So just,
1: wow. Mm. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Like listening to Camelo.
1: Out into the East. This one's going to be a bit tougher. It's a big man. Uh-huh. Who's been in trade rumours this past week?
2: A big man in trade
1: rumours. From a team that might be looking at rebuilding, despite them now having the player <laughs> of the week and having an undefeated week.
2: Oh, player of the week, undefeated week. A team Ooh. looking
1: to tear it all down in the east.
2: Tear it all down in the east. Well, that 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 that's a. You just of teams. mentioned
1: it, the birthday of someone heavily involved in this organisation. It's not Boston.
2: No. Who else no, is no. That, Who else is Larry? Indiana.
1: With? Yeah. Indiana. So big man out there. Uh, Can only be one of
2: them. Uh, yep. Him. Got to be him, it, right?
1: It is him, DeMontis Sabonis. That's so answer. Mel was pointing yeah, yeah. to a Sabonis poster on his wall, of yeah, course. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That we're pretending is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sabonis. 3 <laughs> 0 this week, the pace is 25 points, Look, 10 the, rebounds. The name
2: I had in my head was DeBonis, and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> so that's why I clicked and pointed. And
1: DeBonis. Nice. I know, right? <laughs> but I knew that was wrong. How's <laughs> this, though? Over three games in the week, he shot 75% from the field. And this is a oh. player that takes jump shots. He shoots threes. He's not just Rudy Gobert. Just how Rudy Gobert doesn't average ninety percent from the field, I don't know. But that's another topic for another day. Uh, just <laughs> too, literally has to dunk everything. Too, too busy playing defense. Uh, allegedly, don't tell uh, Pat Beverly that. No, not no, that. Do not. Not that his big guy guards literally anyone. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, we can talk about how rubbish the Wolves are again another time. Uh, all right, let's hit the pick and roll segment. You get to choose what we talk about. I'm going to give you a teaser, and you Mm -hmm. can decide how we go from there. The Jazz are going streaking. (laughs) I'm going streaking. Yeah, yeah. I'd play another copyrighted clip, but I think you know one one per episode's (laughs) enough. I don't want to get in trouble with Will Ferrell.
2: I have only one question: Is KFC still open?
1: (laughs) Oh, hope so.
2: Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, other chicken restaurants are available I uh, use the word restaurant very loosely
1: uh yeah all right let's do it all right let's roll so the jazz are in the midst of a seven game win streak they just went four and0 on their recent road trip geez they're they're looking tough they're looking tough and you know we've spoken about it in recent weeks do we think that you know this is the time like They're getting production out of Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gay, for goodness sakes. And and players like Jordan Clarkson haven't quite hit their straps yet. Uh, Even Bogdanovich has struggled a little bit. So if they all get firing here, are they still a legit contender or where are they heading, do you think?
2: It's tough. And even though last year we we basically had the Milwaukee Bucks do exactly what they've done for the last, what, three seasons, but then have a really good postseason. You know, get a little bit of luck with some opposition or not, whatever. They won the chip. Now, no one's been saying really any, basically anything. Haven't been throwing shade their way at all. But because Utah have put, basically almost a similar amount of really good regular seasons together. No one's really showing them any sort of major love and they're just, oh, yeah, but not until you win a chip. So Mm. the problem is, and it's a problem that doesn't go away any season, is the sheer fact that regular season games, these teams often go, what you know, one night they're in one city one night they're in the next city they don't have the same you know deep dive on their opponents necessarily as they do in a seven game series so they can't as much come up with you know specific strategies and you know really genuine breakdowns of oppositions and things like that so in regular seasons they're coming up strong can they break through I'd like to hope so I want them to, um, but it's gonna be like, you know, like Milwaukee. I I'll believe it when I see it, and I right. and I think that's, you know, that's kind of that's kind of the drama because they're two very different styles of bar. they're very good at the regular season stuff. They don't get enough love, you know, because because they haven't been as great in the la- or they've stumbled in the last couple of postseasons. Doesn't mean they're not really freaking good at basketball because they are. They've just stumbled a few times. So I'd like to see them do that.
1: All right. Zion Williamson suffers yet another setback. Yeah, it's pop. Okay. Yep. Matisse Thibault shuts down. Chef Curry kicked him out of the kitchen. Let's roll. Yeah, got to back out Boomer there. Yeah, baby. All right, so Matisse Theibel shut down Steph Curry the other night. Curry went 3 of 14 from deep. And here's a nice uh, acronym media company stat for you. (laughs) First player to block multiple Steph Curry three-pointers in a regular season game ever, (laughs) Matisse Theibel. So I
2: really hope ESP Espen.
1: Espen Espen Espen, Uh
2: put together a little plaque or a certificate or something and send it uh, send it. It's to not even test.
1: laminated though. Maybe just roll it up, <laughs> rub a band on it, I'll do. Uh,
2: send it like carrier pigeon or you know, carrier <laughs> falcon oh, or something. Geez. I don't know.
1: Like who even like how does someone go through Steph Curry's career? And see that no one player has blocked two of his three pointers before. Like, how, how is that even possible to know that? I don't. Uh, kind like of. I like even if it's someone's job to know, how do they then go and like? Anyway, like are they just say, like, oh yes, I've seen every single game. It's never happened. Is that like the the, the Will Chamberlain like? Trust me, trust me. It was it was like a hundred. Trust me. <laughs> Surely he had like a hundred. <laughs> oh. uh, anyway, I love the ESPN stats. Yeah. One thing that came from this I found interesting, though, four of Steph Curry's worst 10 shooting performances of his career have come this season already. <laughs> so, wow, that's a big yawn. Mm. It must be a pretty boring stat for you, but... No,
2: no, it was, it was
1: more of a, oh, wow. I kind of feel like maybe it's just the pressure of this Ray Allen record is just kind of forcing it a little bit, and he's going to eclipse it in the next couple of days. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, uh, it's looking like Madison Square Garden's the place he's going to do it, which is pretty cool. But maybe after that, he might loosen up a little bit. doesn't really matter anymore. And then he'll get back into rhythm again.
2: Yeah, you've also got to think, like this isn't his fourth or fifth season in the league. Like he does have a little bit of age. You know, maybe... Maybe he's actually just human.
1: Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. Yeah, we we found out Dame Lillard's human. Uh, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant—they're not. They're they're different. They're different. That's that's just my opinion. Fair enough. Uh, now I've saved. I, I've kicked out a few here. Uh, but I've saved best to last. Um, we are rolling with this now just so you know. <laughs> uh-huh. as, as you're listening to this, uh, yes. this podcast is releasing on Thursday. That is the first day, not Thursday. But Thursday is the first day, December 15th in America where you know all the rosters pretty well open up. Most of the league can be traded. It's when all these trades are rumored to start going down. There's quite a few teams. <coughs> <in> New York, <coughs> Portland are going to be making some big deals because they're just, the season's not panning out the way they expected. Mel.
2: <sighs> oh, apparently Kevin Durant really is happy with the Brooklyn Nets and his mm. decision to go there. Mm.
1: Yep. Uh, Kyrie, hope you got those bags packed. Uh, yeah, hope you ready to fly across the flat country. I don't know. <laughs> you, you're going somewhere, mate.
2: <laughs> good words, good words.
1: Yeah, well, I was going to say Earth, but he's not going to fly across the Earth. He's just he's staying in the country. <laughs> uh, anywho, yep. What are we not rolling on? For just just to pull back the curtain here, folks. We, we do record this pretty late at night sometimes, and that's why we tend to get a bit silly because we're just a bit tired. But. Uh, yeah, words are good. Good mm. England. Mm. Mm. He's definitely not going to England. No. Maybe China. <laughs> but not England. That uh, would, a now, batty. Ben Simmons, what logo will be on the clothes he's wearing? So <laughs> I can't say uniform, because who knows? Uh, what logo will be on his clothes? What NBA team this time next week?
2: Oh, well, I was <laughs> Nike.
1: No, I said which NBA team. Yeah. uh, uh
2: look, uh, he has been rumored like it, half the teams. I think about in six teams league, popped up today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, have, have been rumored to have picked up the phone to Dawa Mori. So, uh, look, where where I would like to see him, I actually wouldn't mind. Something about him, possibly in a Blazers jersey, mm-hmm. which look—I don't hate that. I—I um, I can't see him sort of necessarily thriving unless things go well. In you know, in a Knicks jersey, um, I think he's just trading one tough fan base for another. Um, uh, I, I just don't see that necessarily being...
1: He's a big market guy, though. Yeah. We've seen the Lakers pop up as one of the top destinations. I mean, geez, I saw everything from Westbrook to Anthony Davis. Floating yeah, around that was, uh, I've Lakers seen Lakers, do not let Anthony Davis go. Don't do it. <laughs> Westbrook, pack his bags, drive him to the airport, whatever, but don't touch Anthony Davis, please. That's silly, silly, silly. <laughs> Uh, look, I don't know. Something about
2: the possibility of him going to Portland. I don't know. No. Yeah, s- s- something about that sort of speaks to me. But, you know, I'll flip it on its head. Where do you think he well, is? Well, that likely? was going to
1: be my answer, but oh, look, well. we don't like agreeing with each other on the show, so I'm not going to. I think I, I'd like to stick with the small market flow. I think despite the fact that he doesn't want to play for a small market, it might be best for him I've said it since this saga began keep an eye on Sacramento don't want to see him there but keep an eye on that it pains me to say this for our little little buddy Scotty Munro but I actually think he'd be a great fit in Minnesota don't know how they pull this trade off considering the Wolves have said no Cat no Edwards no Russell are involved in any trade talks so they're going to need a third fourth fifth sixth team involved (laughs) But I, in theory, I like his fit on that team. I'd personally, if D'Angelo Russell would get the trade over the line, I would pack his bags for him. But yeah, I'd keep Edwards. I'd keep Cat Ben Simmons there. Oh, that would be good fun.
2: Yeah. Look, may- maybe maybe Minnesota change it up instead of shipping off, you know, stars that are actually good. They just Empty the cupboard of the future draft picks. Mm. Maybe they go a different way. I wouldn't recommend it, but maybe they go that
1: way. Ask the Knicks how that goes. Yeah, well. Mm. Even though they're rumoured to be doing it right now. But anyway, surely they're not going to do it again. But we've seen crazy things happen. We'll be back next week with the NBA. We're going to be breaking down some more news. We're not doing any like... Emergency pods or anything like that, but I'm sure there'll be some <laughs> big trades to break down. Uh, but before we take off this week, Mel, I believe we have the uh, Crackams. Yeah, in the yeah order. a bit of
2: crack'em. We'll punch through just the one, uh, just the one little cheeky five pack, and we'll see who gets them first: our listeners or yourself. So the idea of this is we crack open a, pa- a little pack of NBA hoops, just a five pack from the start of the 2021 season. Uh, I read the back of the card.
1: Oh, they're from like two years ago, aren't they? Or last year? Uh,
2: well, the start of the 2021 20, yeah. season. Oh, so yeah, 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 20 to
1: 21. Yeah, course course.
2: they've got a little bit of age on them. But
1: One year. Yeah.
2: So I read... I obviously don't read the name. Um, I read all of the, the details on the back of the card and we'll see if Dan and he's frankly ridiculous... Ridiculous... Memory for can, names, we, can we can just change type. it
1: up just a little bit and just give me the team at least? <laughs> some of those descriptions last week <laughs> was just like, oh, yeah, this player scored 19 points on November 18th. Who <laughs> well, yeah, is it? <laughs> some of them are god awful. Like, give me a team. Give me a team and we'll go from there. I'll
2: give you the team at the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I'm struggling. All right. Fair yeah, enough.
2: Because some of them, you know, it's, it's kind of clear. All <laughs>
1: right. I did actually get a DM that someone nearly beat me to one last week but needed your... Helpful hints as well, Mal. Wow. So see if anyone can uh, beat me this uh, week. I'm glad they're not that cryptic. I'm sure people week. are beating me. They're just not telling us. But yeah. <laughs> please, send it through.
2: All right. Taking the elevator to the top floor in the third quarter against Golden State on December 13, 2019, somebody flushed home a follow-up slam with a tremendous force. That was one of three fierce dunks on the night for the high flyer who finished with 28 points during Utah's 114-106 win at Vivant Smart Home Arena.
1: Would it be Donovan? That's the one. Really? Yeah, hmm. Donovan Mitchell. had some big dunks. Mm-hmm. I, like, he came to mind. I was like, oh, no, do Does he really throw down that many? He obviously he does.
2: Yeah. With a uh, next card, number 133. With a herky-jerky handle, somebody... <laughs> Slithers by opponents, breaking their ankles as the oh. crowd roars in unison. After embarrassing a host of defenders, the guard then catapults himself into the air, meeting his final adversary at the rim and finishing an acrobatic layup for a deuce. Kyrie? Portland Trailblazers is the team.
1: Ah, CJ. That's the one. Yeah, CJ... Probably a bit better at finishing around the hoop than Dame led me to that Mm -hmm. that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, All right.
2: The next one, number 21. A brilliant playmaker.
1: Daniel (laughs) Dinellon.
2: That makes me cringe more than this one. (laughs) Uh, Somebody always seems to pick the right option on the pick and roll. Joining the Clippers during the 2019-20 campaign, he showed he could slice to the hoop off a screen... Set up the rolling big man with a slick pass, or kick it to the perimeter shooter if the help defense
1: collapsed. So this isn't last season. Rondo? No, he was at the Lakers that season. Uh Reggie Jackson? Uh, So on. There we go. A little bit sick. Yeah, Reggie's more of a scorer than a. Anyway, Uh, anyway, I think he's leading the team in scoring, minus Paul George. But Mm.
2: anyway, it's all good. All right, number 226. Somebody turned every game into an impromptu dunk contest in 2019 uh, 20. Dayton. Is that it? <laughs> no, not quite. There's a little more. Dayton. Dayton Dayton's Dayton. home crowd worked as judges on March 7, giving him a perfect score after he showed off a between the length slam in the second half against George Washington.
1: Is that Obie? obi Topping. obi Topping. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I still had a eight sentence eight,
2: to eight,
1: go. So. Oh, sorry, Mal. All good. It's all good. It's all good. That's that's a cool looking card, actually.
2: Yeah. Like all right. Number sixty two. Last card. You've nailed. Literally nailed this pack. Last week's pack was much harder for you. All right. Number sixty two. Just like the Jack Jumper score. Arriving Ouch. in Chicago. <laughs> In 2017-2018, somebody showcased his defensive skills that season by averaging a team-best 2.0 steals, duplicating that dynamic defensive effort in 2019-2020. The guard tied his career high and again topped the squad with 2.0 swipes. Chris Dunn? Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. I was singing Kobe White, but no, he's a bit not that early. Yep.
2: All right, five from five. No clues needed that time.
1: Yeah, it's because I had the unnamed energy drink this this evening. (laughs) (laughs) Sponsorship's available. (laughs) This
2: is not an ad. (laughs) Worst ad read ever. It could be the
1: best, though, if we had a reason for it to be.
2: Yeah. Uh, (gasps) Look, you actually kicked butt there. Thanks, Mal. It's it.
1: well. Look, I. I'd,
2: I'd like to say you're. You've got a memory for this, and that made you look. Better than last week's pack, did, but you still did a lot better than I would have done. I tell you what. So I have to give you. I have to give you props. You did way better than I would have done on that pack. Getting to the I end of the struggled. pack,
1: or getting to the end of the description, when you give me the team, that's a big help. Big help.
2: Yeah, that's why I try. I got a few of them without the,
1: it, but definitely it's big yeah, help when I got stuck. Yeah,
2: yeah you're annoyingly good at that. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I'll have uh, to make it harder.
1: Well, that's, that's the end of another big show, breaking down all the Aussie and American basketball news that, that we can. Again, appreciate Jackie Dover stopping by. Fantastic to hear from her. Looking forward to seeing her out at the NBA finals real soon. Sure, we will we'll all be supporting you over there, Jackie. And Especially if you can tighten
2: up those, you know, upstairs reviews.
1: Oh, take fouls. get them out of here, take them out. Nailed it. <laughs> Something like that. All right, we'll be back next week. Big five o. That's a huge like achievement for us. Five o. Mm. But also, it's going to be our Christmas episode. It's oh, going. It's two weeks away from our one year anniversary. It's like so much happening at once, Mel.
2: So, are we gonna do that thing that most people do when you've got two big events really close to Christmas? You just do the one gift.
1: Oh, we're doing gifts. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, we'll combine it all. I reckon for our big one year anniversary, it's just gonna be such a lovely time. Yeah,
2: that's alright. I'll give you. I'll get you a gift. <laughs>
1: a gift. Appreciate that. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, if you haven't already, really appreciate if you could jump onto our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and also wherever you get your podcast from, like, follow, subscribe, message, comment, engage on our posts. Really appreciate that our continuously growing community out there. And we appreciate a share as well. So if you can share us out to a few people and, Gain some extra followers that way. We appreciate that. Um, Mel, we usually add in someone a bit quirky to our list of sharers. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, share the show with your local uh, book-selling place. I don't want to give out names because I get in trouble when I, you know. <laughs> yeah, your local bookstore or place that sells books.
1: Yes, a department store, like a large upside-down M.
2: <laughs> yeah, well done. Uh, for when you're going out to buy Paddy Mills Big Game Championship Collection, all the individual books as well. Either way, support, uh, just brilliant Australian, frankly.
1: PM, love the Paddy. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week. Another special guest for the Big 5-0. And just remember, that ball don't lie.
2: Never does.